Welcome to Arnie's birthday Zoom. Jake Thieneman. Jacob Thieneman is always Jacob. That was it was that was his name, but it's actually it's Jake is better known by people that know him well. It is not Jake's birthday officially, I guess. It's February 28th, but he is a February 29th born on in 1996. So he's, I don't know, does that make you just six years old? How does that work? I mean, from how do you how do you reconcile your birthday and how do you celebrate it? Uh, because you're a February 29th birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's it's a little bit different birthday wise. So yeah. I'm technically turning six and three quarters because I only get a yeah. birthday once in four years. Um, but typically, like, just take, like, the 28th or the 1st, whichever one's, like, easier, more convenient. We'll just celebrate on one of those days. Yeah. How about that birthday, the, the birthday tradition? Obviously, the Thieneman family, uh, pretty entrenched in 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 sports. And I don't know whether you were a basketball player growing up or all, but uh, what was your birthdays typically like? How did your family celebrate your, your birthday with you? So we had, we had a bigger family because there was like, I'm the oldest of four kids. Yeah. So yeah. my parents always went all out for our birthdays, make sure we had like a great celebration. So I was always, uh, we were always getting like groups of friends together and going to like the pool or going to play basketball or doing, doing some like fun activities. So we, we had some pretty uh, epic birthdays growing up. Oh, that's good. That's a that's a good thing. You, you, you got to celebrate them and enjoy them. You had a, 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 an interesting career at Purdue. Obviously, uh, getting a chance to be a, to start after being a walk on. Talk about that that decision. Obviously, an engineering background and choosing to come to Purdue, but having that mentality that hey, I want to, I want to get to, get to the playing, get to the field and make an impact, which you absolutely did uh, uh, as a Boilermaker. But how, how did that evolve for you? I know you've told that story probably more than you care to admit, but just how did you get to Purdue and how did that, uh, how did you finally see the field and, and realize, hey, I belong on this, uh, on the playing field and being a Big Ten uh, uh, defensive back? Yeah, so the, the initial decision, it goes back to high school. I was yeah. deciding where I wanted to go play and I had the walk-on spot at Purdue and I had some opportunities at some other like D2, D3 schools. And just from playing in high school, doing seven on seven, being competitive, I knew I could play at the Big Ten level. I knew yeah. guys going to other Big Ten schools. I knew some of the guys going to Purdue. I felt like I could play at that level. And so for me, it was taking the risk to go be small fish in a big pond yeah. and, and prove it to myself that I can do it. Uh, I knew it was going to be an uphill battle the whole way was what yeah. I signed up for. And that's exactly what it was, but just put my head down and worked. And, you know, three years later started to break onto the field a little bit and just kept working my way up from there one step at a time. Uh, and then, like you said, ended up getting onto the field, having a pretty good time. Yeah. And, and a very productive time, certainly in 2017 and 2018, you got in the field in 16 as well. What was that like for you in terms of, you know, you, we talk about things that, go on to your professional life that you learned. You went through a coaching change. You had to prove yourself to one staff and then maybe start over again uh, when Jeff Brom came in in 17. Talk about that experience and maybe what that takeaway was uh, and what you, maybe what that takeaway is now for in your professional life and what you learned from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So 2016 was my third year there. It was my retro sophomore yeah. year. And yeah. I was just starting to break onto the field. Yeah. And Throughout the year, I started playing more and more. So the first game of the yeah. year, I only got like four snaps, I think, on kickoff return. And then like third game, they added me to more special teams. Then like by the fifth game, I started playing defense. 
And then by the last game of the year against IU, I started that game. So that was yeah. my first career start, had my first interception against right. IU. So it was like, I'm from in-state. So it was a huge rivalry. It was pretty awesome. And then the entire staff gets wiped. Yeah. Whole new staff. So I got a clean slate. So I'd spent three years with the other staff, like working my way up, establishing myself, letting them know what I could do. And then all of that progress just went basically out the window. And it was a fresh state with a new staff. Now with the new staff, we were not very good before, right? So yeah. they came, they weren't coming in and saying, you know, these are our guys. I was still a walk-on at the time. So like they were looking to basically replace us, bring in yeah. other guys to play over us. So I, it was the same thing. I had to start all over, work my way back up with an entirely new staff and make my way back onto the field. So it just taught me that like for the takeaways, you can't, you have to focus on what you can control. If I yeah. would have gotten down and, and down in the dumps about things out of my control, like what the coaching staff changed, what they thought of me, what the position I was in, I was finished. I was done. Uh, yeah. The only thing I could do was focus on myself and just lock in, work as hard as I could to get to where I want to be and get on the field. And so that, that's something that I take with me now. It's something that uh, the lessons I've learned, I learned at Purdue while I was playing, uh, while I was coming up as a walk-on are things that I'll, I'll take for the rest of my life. Yeah, no question. You had a had a fiery defense D coordinator, Nick Holt, and a guy that uh, uh, in 17, you know, that defense really, you know, you talk about the Jeff Brown offense, but it was the defense that really, really turned that season into a, a bowl, you know, team that was able to qualify for a bowl and win the bowl game. Talk about that camaraderie and, and when you guys finally realized uh, you know, you've got something special and you can get the job done to really help help deliver that team uh, uh, to a high level. Yeah, man, that 2017 defense, that was a unit. Uh, yeah. We had some fun times. What it came down to was every year is like a clean slate again, right? Yeah. So coming into that year, 2017, we opened against Louisville at Lucas Oil. Yeah. With Lamar Jackson coming off his highs and trophy <laughs> win. So... Uh, an interesting environment, plus Brahms from Louisville. So there was like yeah. it was like a media frenzy. It was exciting. It was a lot of fun. We didn't win that game, but we played extremely well. We, we played yeah. better than we had in years past. So that showed us as a team that we got some here. We can do something yeah. here. Then the next week, we blew out Ohio at home. Um, yeah. For like one of the first night games in the stadium in a couple of years. That again showed us, all right, you know, we can do something here. Week three, we went to Mizzou at Mizzou and blew them out of the water. Yeah. That was yeah. one of the most exciting games I've ever played in my life. So at that point, we were like, okay, like, this is different. Like, we got a new staff. We got a squad that we love. We, we got something here. So it was just everyone locked in and, and wanted to go some, do something big. We were really just so tired of losing the last yeah. few years. It had been so brutal. We were happy to just be winning games now. It was like, let's do everything we can to keep this, uh, keep this momentum going. Yeah, you can tell your grandkids that you just held Drew Locke to three points, uh, 35 to three. And that uh, win, that was the game at Missouri in 2017. Talk about the, you know, not, you know, where were you? Well, you were on the field uh, in 2018 in the great uh, uh, Tyler Trent game and, and the upset of Ohio State. Take us through that memory of that. And I can't remember. I know you had some injury issues in eight, uh, that are calling 18, but I, I think you, uh, you work your way through that. But talk about that experience and what that was like to have that moment, that 49 to 20 win over Ohio State, one of the great moments in Purdue football history. Yeah, you, you nailed that. You nailed it right on the head. It's one of the greatest moments in Purdue football history. It's one of the greatest memories I have myself. 
I want to I want to back it up a little bit to start the, yeah. of the season because it kind of builds into the story a little more. Yeah. So uh, that was my fifth year. Uh, I was team captain. So came right. from walk on to team captain. That that was an accomplishment I was extremely yeah. excited about. I could remember from when I first got there sitting in the very back, seeing the captains like my first week there, thinking like how cool that would be and like basically seeing like that was what I wanted to do. We started off 0-3. Yeah. So not a not the best start for my first year as a captain, really. Then we got got our stuff together, got refocused. And won three straight after that. So we're three and three, but we're coming off three straight wins. And now we have number two ranked Ohio State coming into Ross Aid for 7:30 p.m. primetime ESPN game. Uh, so the the media frenzy was there, all the excitement was there. They were undefeated, going for national championship, going for the Heisman, all of that. Um, Tyler Trent was going through his struggles, and so we were all rallying around him as a team, and he was just inspiring us with how much he, how hard he was battling with what he was going through and the perspective he was keeping uh, that was given all of us life and all of us energies. So it was like a perfect storm of all of those things. And then we were looking at film and we, we saw things that maybe some other teams didn't or that ways that Ohio State was vulnerable. And we just started believing that we could do it. Like the, yeah. the it's, it's hard to explain, but like the energy in practice that week was different. Uh, it was just a different feeling. Everyone brought it differently. We all, knew the challenge ahead of us, but we also all thought we could win. Um, and so we went into that game. It was freezing cold. We knew it was going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. There was some, uh, we got into a little like skirmish, you know, a little fight uh, before the game with some of the Ohio state players. And then just right out of the gate, first play of the game or second play of the game, we kicked off. We're on defense. First play of the game, they jump off sides and it's five yards. Yeah. And I remember like all of us on defense out there, we just felt it. We were like, oh, these guys, these guys are unprepared. They're ready. They're they're counting us out. And then it was just an onslaught from there. It was just we beat them down for three quarters and then they they folded. And we yeah. took the life out of them. That was one of yeah. the uh that was one of the most exciting things. People that like guys that play football will know this feeling. Like you'll play a team and you'll have a hard fought game or you'll play a team and you'll you'll blow them out and they'll quit. You'll, you'll yeah. witness them quit on the field. Having Ohio State quit on the field was pretty cool. Yeah, you could. And, and, and I always say, cause I never played the game past seventh grade, but you can, it's palpable. You know, you can kind of mm -hmm. sense, right. That, that, uh, that, that they, that they're, they're taking a step back that you got them. Is you, is that what you, you know, you had that sense in that game. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Always as an Indiana kid, beating Indiana in 2017 and 18 to qualify. You had to win both those games to qualify for the postseason, if my memory is correct. Talk about that. I mean, yes, you, in 16, when you when you, when you you got on the field and started that game, you lost. 17 and 18, you won those games. Talk about that and that experience and it delivering you to postseason uh, with the win over the Hoosiers. Yeah, the I, the IU games are always fun, man. I'm I'm from Indiana, grew up grew up a Purdue fan, so was always very involved in the rivalry. Always talking a lot of trash growing up. Have a ton of <laughs> friends. At, have a ton of friends at both schools. Family cheers yeah. for both schools, so it's always been pretty exciting. That 2017 game, yeah, we were both us and IU had five wins, so it was like right. winner of that game went to the bowl game. So a lot on the line. It's at Ross Aid. Uh, but I mean, we, we, we felt pretty comfortable what we can do. We were coming off a big win against, uh, Iowa the week before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, went out, got business done as a team, went to the first bowl game in a few years, which was pretty exciting. Like everyone stormed the field. We were out there signing autographs, taking pictures all the time. So <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that game was pretty fun. 
Yeah. It was pretty fun. Then the following year, the following year was different. So I missed the last three games in 2018 season with the the staph infection I was hospitalized for. Right. So my, my brother Brennan stepped up in my place and he was starting for me and we needed that IU win so we could go to the bowl game and I could play again because it wouldn't be a bowl game. I'd be able to play like one more college game. Uh, So I was like, Brennan, man, you gotta, you gotta handle business. You gotta do, you gotta get the job done. He handled business, man. He played really well. He got the win. So that was pretty cool. I knew and yeah, I should have done my homework because I knew you had I couldn't I forgot about the staff infection. I knew that you'd had a had a hiatus in there. Now Brennan's your roommate, right? And yes. in Endeavor. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. And obviously with an engineering degree and a, a great Purdue education, as we say. Um, but tell us what you what you're doing in, in Denver. And then I want to also ask, I'm going to ask you about Dylan as well, because Dylan's going to be joining uh, the Purdue football team uh, as a scholarship player and part of the uh, part of Ryan Walter's first recruiting class. But start with the, to tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and how you're keeping Brennan in line right now. Yeah, yeah, gotta yeah. gotta make sure he stays under control, man. Yeah, I'm um, sure that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, but I'm uh, I'm living out here in Denver, Colorado, with Brennan. We got a house out here. Lived here for about eight months now. Excuse me. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting interesting couple of years since I was done playing football. You mentioned the mechanical engineering degree, so I decided at the end of my schooling, I probably wasn't going to go into the engineering field. So um, in between stints with my with NFL teams. Right. I started a job in Chicago for a, with a consulting firm doing management consulting. I worked there for all of two months and then got signed by the Niners. And so then uh, after the Niners, I was looking at way, like how did I want to maximize like the NFL experience? And so I was looking at ways like I could grow myself on social media and start to yeah. get brand deals and, and, and do all that. And then I was like, well, if, uh, if I need this help, there's other guys in the locker room that need this help. And then if they're going to change the rules in college about how college players get paid, college players probably need this help. So I started a marketing agency while I was still in the NFL to just to be social media focused and help players grow and get monetized. And then when my NFL career ended, I shifted my focus mainly to that. So I did, I ran that marketing agency for two and a half years, roughly. And we started working with players, but ended up doing all sorts of things in the marketing world, anywhere from like running online ads, building sales funnels doing social media content, um, touched a lot of different niches. What learned a lot over those couple of years, where yeah. I'm at now is I'm doing sales for a t- TikTok marketing agency that mm-hmm. works with e-commerce brands. So direct-to-consumer e-commerce brands, largely like jewelry, uh, fashion, fitness, um, a bunch of other categories. We help them grow and drive sales on TikTok. So that's my primary focus right now. Outside of that, I'm building systems and automations for online businesses using the, the marketing background that I had. But that engineering mind helps, does it not? I mean, you're, oh, you're, you're, you're a system person and you're a process person, I'm going to guess. Tell us about that, you know, just in terms of uh, obviously intelligence always helps too. And if you're good enough to, to graduate from Purdue in, in, in mechanical engineering and play college football, you're high up the food chains, but talk about that, you know, just where that makes you a good marketer. Yeah. So engineering is really just about solving problems. It's about like defining your system, using equations, laws, rules, whatever to solve the problem. So using that problem solving framework, I just apply it to like whatever field I'm in, whether that's football, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, there's a frame, there's a problem to be solved and there's, there's different things that we can do to solve it. So it's really just about like learning the specifics. Like once you learn the, like once you learn 
a sales script, objection handling, like the basics, then you can run with it from there. Once you learn PPC marketing content, like the basics, then it's just about learning some of the nuances. So it's really just like applying the problem solving framework from engineering to like whatever I'm working on now. Okay, so I'll get, I'll ask you this question offline. Is so you still consult with Mark, and we can always use some help, I'm sure. So in terms of that, it's fascinating, and uh, good for you in terms of that. And and Brennan's role is with you, or is he doing his own thing out there? He's he's doing his own thing. So he's a he's an assistant project manager for a large commercial contractor. They build like uh -huh. large apartment buildings and community living centers. Uh, so he he's going that route. He's going to go more of a real estate development route. Okay, good for him. And uh, uh, the Thieneman family is going to be represented with a Purdue uniform uh, for the next four or five years when uh, Dylan shows up. I know you haven't. You said you offline that you hadn't had a chance to meet the coaching staff, but talk about talk about what what you what you hope for Dylan, but also maybe what you know about this new group. And uh, Dylan's got a, a clean slate to walk into a, an opportunity with Ryan Walters and company and a defensive oriented coach uh, has yes. to make it uh, interesting from that standpoint. Defensive oriented coach that played safety. So yeah. that, that's something <laughs> we're, we're really happy about for Dylan. Dylan's actually on campus right now. He, right. he enrolled early. He got there in January. So I've been hearing from him, you know, just how things have been going, what the new staff is like. He's absolutely loving it, loves the new staff, so everything's going great. I I love the staff's background. I haven't had the chance yeah. to meet him personally. I do know uh, the outside linebackers coach, Joe Deneen. Yeah. I, I did my draft training in Florida with him. So I've, I've met him before. He's a cool dude. Love that guy. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting the rest of the staff, but looking at like their background, their performance, their track record. I'm, I'm excited, man. I like that we've got a defensive minded in there, uh, being a defensive guy, still yeah. a defensive guy. It's a little bit different from Brum's offensive style. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm ready to go. They got a bunch of Jake Thienemans running around too. They're all young. They're all, they seem smart. Uh, and uh, and Ryan, a little we've been around him, very, very focused and a great personality. And as I said, I was telling somebody this morning, it isn't my world anymore. It's your world. And the fact that you have a 37-year-old head coach and a median age on the staff of maybe 35, I don't know, it's maybe a little bit older than that. Uh, it's a new world. And uh, that I think that may give Purdue some real opportunity. What do you? How do you see that from that standpoint in terms of relating to kids, NIL, transfer portal, all these factors? Uh, you have to think that it gives Ryan Walters and his staff a chance to really connect. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, I think the player connection is going to be pretty big there. Most of those guys are former players themselves. So they just get it. Like working with a player coach, they just get it. They understand the position you're in. They know what you're going through. They can empathize. They can coach in the right way. Um, so yeah, I, I like the staff's younger. I think that points just to towards positive things, being on the latest trends, being in the know with NIL, um, having the latest and greatest schemes offensively and defensively. So yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. All right, one last question because you obviously in the, in your in your TikTok world and and your, your internet marketing nil it came a little late for you, uh, but to talk about what you see and how you see this working playing out for 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 Dylan and others from for down the road. Now, Purdue's got the Boilermaker Alliance, and they're, and they're taking the, a little bit of it, a lot of it, with the charity 
component, but how do you see this five to 10 years from now? Where will college athletics be not only with NIL, but also transfer portal? Do you, are you are you bullish on the future of college athletics or do you think there are a lot of challenges to be able to work your way through? How do you see that? Very bullish on the future of college athletics and NIL. Now we're in, we're experiencing a lot of growing pains as yes. that's being rolled out, right? So we're in like what, year two? Yeah, uh, in essence. Of, of NIL. It's still... Uh, Kind of a mess to be honest <laughs> the way yeah. the way it's working out uh what nil needs is legitimacy they need rules they need more rules and regulations so that guardrails right yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need they need guardrails so that the schools are clear what they can and can't do uh the players are clear on what's allowed and then that will allow brands and the real money to start flowing in right now blue chip brands like large large companies that typically work with like athletes influencers online creators are staying away from nil and college football because of the illegitimacy of it yeah they they don't want to they don't want to open that can of worms they don't want to they don't want to deal with it also um yeah working with college players is just something new so they're pretty hesitant to jump in a lot of it's been you know the under the table deals to get guys to transfer to come into play that you've been hearing about that's been happening a lot but that's going to need to get more legitimate whatever rules they come up with around it that way just everyone's playing the same game and then, like I said, more brands can get involved. Then it'll start to really be good for the players, I, I think. Um, I've been talking to Dylan about a few things that Boilermaker Alliance has been doing. It's been pretty cool here. And they're doing a lot of charity events, using the players to draw people in. Dylan mentioned he went to a, a blood drive and the lady working there said, just because the players showed up, they had like four times the amount of people that they usually get. So I was like, yeah. that's perfect. That's, that's what it's supposed to be for. And that's where it's really working well. So, you know, love the things that Boilermaker Alliance is doing there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it how it develops over the next coming years. I think you got to, if you want, you're going to have just where you sit in the marketplace and your, your background, you may have uh, have a lot of opportunity to, to work with folks because if, if you choose to do more of that uh, down the road, because uh, uh, a, a steady hand and somebody that can see down the road uh, will come in very handy. So uh, good for you. And uh, the Thiedemann family is uh, becoming a, it, it already is a Purdue uh, when when Purdue fans think of the Thieneman family, it's all all good and the sacrifices that you guys have made to to play on the to to get the chance. And now uh, Dylan's not taking the easy way out, but he at least started with a scholarship, so that uh, that part makes it uh, makes it. But uh, it was going to be fun to watch his career as well. Happy birthday! I will we'll celebrate it maybe at midnight tonight. I don't know how that. Like I said, you're that February 29, nineteen ninety six was it was a good day for your parents. And a good day for you, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, I learned some stuff, which is that's a benefit for me. So uh, uh, from you, and I will look forward to connecting down the road. Awesome, well, Alan. I appreciate you having me on, man. It was fun. All right, enjoy. Have a great rest of the day, and whatever, however you choose to celebrate it. Uh, hope it's a great one, and uh, uh, and we'll look forward to uh, the twenty. I'm sure. I would guess you're going to get a chance to come back in 2023 for the football for a home game or two, and uh, hope mm -hmm. to see you there in Ross Aid Stadium. Definitely, definitely, we'll be there.